0: Do you think there's any litigious things we've said in this? Litigious? Nah, I think we're fine. Okay.
1: to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, well, the Rona may have sidetracked his driving lessons, but his chatolytic Converter is still tickety-boo, Dr. Luke Gledall, How are you doing today, Luke?
0: <laughs> okay, all right. I don't know <laughs> if my chatolytic Converter is really going to work. It probably smells like eggs as well. <laughs>
1: That's what I mean by tickety boo.
0: It's working <laughs> fine because it's.
1: It's working fine because it smells like eggs.
0: Look glad i will Oh, I'm, I'm not doing too bad, have it yourself?
1: I'm um, all right, yeah. Um, yeah, we had sort of a celebratory um, street VE day sort of uh, thing, all done at a social distance. Um, but that was quite a nice sort of perk up to the spirits, a bit of social interaction with people. And uh, yeah, a b- b- bit of, um, you know, unexpected badinage with folks around. That was that was uh, enjoyable.
0: yeah oh. um, they're it all over the place for you.
1: Oh, yep. Yeah. Um, not to be honest, not normally my sort of thing. But uh, these are strange times. It does strange things to you, and uh, it was a it was a real sort of salve to the uh, to the spirits. Nice. <clears throat> the other big news we've got, Luke, is um, a, a few. Uh, branches of McDonald's have reopened all down south at the moment, but um, hopefully I'm not too far away from, say, a double cheeseburger um, in, 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 you know, in the near, near future.
0: But you think that uh, hopefully, uh, much <laughs> like the current pandemic, they will migrate from the rich south um spread like a virus wildfire, up <clears> north <throat> as uh, Charlie Messer was here. That's the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> Get a pandemic we can all get behind.
1: Yeah, is it? Re- I mean, ha- on a scale of one to ten, how sad is it? sad is it that I I have put a little bit of time into planning my my first order? It's an eight. <laughs> it's an eight. It's a solid eight. It's a solid yeah, eight. That's
0: fair enough. I I would probably be exactly <laughs> the same in your position. I'd be honest, but I don't know. As I feel like I'm starved with time, I'm just littering myself with ordering takeaway from numerous institutions. Some of which, uh, some of which are local esteemed restaurants, and some of which are Little Caesars. Ah, oh, Little Caesars.
1: For folks who don't, who aren't familiar with Little Caesars, could you do a sort of top of the Wikipedia page esque summary of, of what they <laughs> offer?
0: It's a it's a chain of um, it's a chain of dirty pizza places um, that are made uh, founded from Detroit, which apparently Detroit's a big pizza capital. Mm. And the interesting thing for me, in here in Canada, if you go over the if you go over the river that kind of divides that neck of the woods with Michigan and Ontario, um, you get to Windsor, and Windsor's actually quite famous for its pizza as well which is uh, interesting. And uh, I think I want to remember reading an interesting article which was talking about uh, the sheer history of cheese smuggling across the border. And apparently there's quite a few <laughs> tales of people uh, smuggling large amounts of cheese over the border from the States to Canada. Um, oh. But anyway... I think, uh, yeah, um, Detroit does have quite a pizza kind of ident. Little Caesars is kind of seen as this um, not so good. Um, typically, previously, they just used to be, they didn't used to deliver up until the time of a lot of these apps and delivery stuff. So you'd have to just drive up and they do a thing like, a, they do a hot and ready special, which is like, a mini deep dish pizza but not quite as good as the chicago deep dish okay yeah um but that's what i'd recommend if you're going i'd recommend you get a hot and ready six dollar special that'll be a um a pepperoni deep dish deep 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 dish um with a kind of pop on the side they get crazy breads which are kind of like um parmesan crusted uh bits of dough which are quite, nice. quite good. Nice. I'd also recommend stuffed crazy bread, so they just wank some mozzarella in there, and that's a that's a lovely, greasy, garlicky good time. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and this is a
1: greasy, garlicky
0: good time. It's a greasy, garlicky good time. I'd recommend that. And that's about it, really. The only thing I want to say to anybody who's going to have their first little Caesar uh, experience is... Don't get a regular pizza. Don't get a regular twelve inch because it's absolute garbage. It's like um, it's like something you get from Seven Eleven, basically. Oh, okay. It's the type of pizza where you have to eat it very quickly because once it gets cold, then it loses any kind of great uh, flavor identification.
1: There you go. Big news for so if 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 uh, if anybody's ever allowed to you know travel again um, in this this
0: weird world we
1: now live in uh and you do end up in in the canada you you've got the choice of, of of little caesars and their and their um ridiculous value uh pizza excellent stuff okay so um if it's all right with you luke i'd like to sort of move move along to uh <laughs> Partial. partial hoo-hoos and catch up with the the latest from the footballing world. Uh, again, it's 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 all it's pretty thin gruel at this stage in
0: terms of football news. Yeah, and- I I kind of feel a little bit like right now what we kind of do is I mean we're doing this podcast and we're kind of doing it in a bit of a bubble. But I I feel like hopefully. I'm saying that hopefully we're on the cusp of something happening with an announcement soon. So what's kind of recently broke is we're doing this on... What is this? Uh, I don't want to date things, but I feel like I need to date things because it's kind <laughs> of a bit of a provisionary, if you're listening to this, because it kind of gets uh, the digital files get a bit dated and dusty pretty quickly, don't they? In, we'll, these, in these world Yeah, times. we'll
1: release on the 10th. We, we are actually recording on the 9th, so...
0: Uh, So I saw Thursday, Friday, I think it was, stuff was breaking about um, on The Athletic. And apparently my brother said, Gary Neville was sticking his nose into this as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) For a change. change. And um, they're talking about basically League One and League Two just going to a weighted PPG points per game table. So that's not just a points-per-game table. That's actually going to be for the entirety. Like, say that we're just going to take what you've got and then times it by the rest, you know, calculate it out for the rest of the league. It's actually going to be like, you got this many points when you are playing at home, and this this is your PPG playing away. So we're just going to run with those two. Okay, yeah. And get a weird kind of god-awful kind of um, point decimals. I think everything's to, like, two decimals that I'm seeing. Um, okay, so the only just like thing we kind of real football, just like real football, yeah. Just this is what we're after, really.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: Remember that season while we beat you by uh, 0.24 points. Have it up, you bastards! Remember when we nabbed eighth place from you by one point four points? Yeah, take that, you fuckers!
1: When when we got relegated because uh, Leon Clark breaking his metatarsal on the advertising hoarding removed 0.25 from our score for the season. <laughs> oh dear yes <laughs> i think it's interesting because if you'd sort of asked me when you know a week or two after things got you know the football season got uh postponed indefinitely i would have probably said that the most sensible solution is to kind of just end this season and 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 do what we can to to sort of preserve next season as closely as possible mm-hmm. um and it, it does feel over time like that's the position that by and large things are shifting towards. Because I, I think I've also heard that there's more championship clubs sort of jumping on the boat of, well, let's just, yeah, let's just get it done. Um, because obviously there's a value to the remaining games of this season. But that value has got to be massively outweighed by a whole proper season <laughs> Uh I think it just gets tricky the further down the pyramid you go we, we, we've touched on a lot of these points previously but the further down the pyramid you go the more reliant clubs are on the the gate uh, money that they get um, so if things open up again and it's behind closed doors you know even talking next season is that something that's appealing to the national leagues league two league one probably not really I, I think yeah,
0: go on. Sorry. No, I was gonna say, so I mean the the kind of lead into this is to talk about the fact that basically League One and League Two are doing this, the championship is still keen to from this article and from hearings about this is still keen to complete the season. Yeah. But I still think that's completely ridiculous. Um the thing I'm going to get onto is basically there's an article that did basically the weighted PPG for the current championship table. And we can talk about that kind of the, the foot of this at the end of this. Um, the thing that I just, I kind of want to say just before we get into that though, is I'm finding it very strange. That, so the premier league still thinking about doing project restarts um, as it stands. I think I was checking BBC sport this morning, my time afternoon, your time. And yeah. they were saying that, um, I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the the headline, which was Watford third team to um, uh, go against neutral venues, and I was like, "Well, the, the third um, the Watford third team's not going to be playing, so it doesn't really matter."
1: <laughs> no, they really want to keep all their games to the training grounds of uh, <laughs> it's
0: where they play their best football. Has anybody thought about academy, uh, academy and reserve football for this? <laughs>
1: what,
0: a, what about the prestigious PL Two, whatever the fuck it's called, the, it's the Premier League reserves, which is an absolute joke as well. Where will, where will the Jimmy Smiths of the world load it up on such a stage? Bloody hell! Anyway, so you know, it looks like the the Premier League still wants to go ahead. The Bundesliga's is back. Uh, yeah, the next bonkers,
1: weekend, isn't it?
0: Bonkers Liga, as my Bravandi's been put calling it.
1: And it's deeply unpopular. Like there's a there's a poll there was a poll of like fans of the Bundesliga, and I think sixty five percent or something like that were like this is a bad idea. It shouldn't be happening now. So that's even people that that want football back uh, are still sort of saying no. This is not this is not the time, guys. Keep your Lewandowskis uh, to yourselves
0: for a little while longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So. I don't know. That's the thing I want to say with the chat. I don't know how we're really separate. I mean, that's that's the problem. It's just different shades. It's like all of it's a bit like a swimming pool that's kind of going from the shallow end to the deep end in terms of funds and abilities to do things and I don't know maybe whichever way you'll put this analogy is the shallow end uh, is that the riches or is it deep end the riches I don't know I'm going to put this but but basically I guess we are closer to the Premier League but I don't I still don't think it's in a way we're closer to the
1: Premier League
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know. By a, by a manner of being divided by you know, technically we could be one of the three teams that go. Yes, up.
1: yeah.
0: I, I thought also there's a really interesting. I think beginning of this week, Dale Johnson, who's a editor at ESPN, also is in Wednesday as well, which doesn't really have any bearing, but he's also he did a really interesting kind of Twitter thread, which I've seen captured a few places on our talk, and um, about how. Basically, if the Premier League doesn't get going, then they could basically vote to keep the league the same and not accept anybody coming up from the Championship anyway. Yes,
1: yeah, right. Okay.
0: So I don't know. I'm really hoping that things comes to a call soon because I'm I'm kind I'm just getting tired of reading of the circles. I'm, I'm right I'm tired of reading the circles, even though a little bit it's kind of still enticing me.
1: Yes. It's, it's yes.
0: a weird duality it's a real kind of i feel like a real schrodinger's cat of football news well yeah duality is a good i think
1: a fairly good sort of phrase for just where a lot of people are at at the moment because that's the thing i, I like I, uh, I ventured into a supermarket this week and was very kind of wary of other people around me particularly didn't like the fact that people wearing masks kind of felt like none of the restrictions on social distancing, uh, distancing applied to them anymore because now they, have mask. they have a superpower with their mask on, even though it doesn't actually protect them. Um, <laughs> but uh, So I had that. But then at the same time, if you kind of told me next, you know, if, you, if if there was some mad announcement and they said, oh, do you know what? Football's back on next weekend and Wednesday are playing at home and the gates are, you know, the gates are open. You can go along if you if you want to, but obviously, you know, you're taking you're taking your life in your hands doing it. I'd be quite tempted to go just because, you know, I love football. I love Wednesday. I'd I I like to be there when they play that game. Um, so that's a weird thing to be, because obviously I'd be putting myself at far more risk going along and sitting in a stadium full of people for a, a pr- prolonged amount of time than i am you know, whipping through the uh the aisles of uh of aldi um but it's it's just a strange thing. i think our brains are being asked to do all sorts of uh gymnastics that we don't normally request of them and uh we're all dealing with that at different different levels um so whereabouts did so whereabouts did we get put in this this PP, PPG?
0: Yes, so there was an article I found annoying. I'm sure it's uh, available in many places. Annoyingly, and probably maybe a segue into this, it was on Leeds Live, whichever the uh, oh. whichever the live kind of conglomerate of clubs. I know that's what Dom Housen is uh, is doing the Sheffield Wednesday contingent. I find it really funny when I look at Wednesday articles on there because it will be like Sheffield Wednesday and Huddersfield Town, blah blah blah, blah. it'll be like, oh, what is it specifically about Sheffield Wednesday and Town. And like, no it isn't. It's just, it's the World Championship Clubs. It's just because they cover Sheffield Wednesday and Huntsville Town that they put it that way.
1: It's so, not exclusively Andy Booth related content.
0: It isn't, no. Yorkshire Live, that's a catchphrase. <laughs> Disappointingly not Andy Booth related content. <laughs> I suppose uh Jordan Rhodes. And Tommy Miller.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, several, several marvellous figures have crossed that divide. <laughs> crossed
0: the cross the Wednesday Huddersfield divide
1: the rubicon uh yeah
0: <laughs> it's it's difficult because it's just such an arduous drive isn't it <laughs> from hillsborough to huddersfield
1: you can avoid the m62 and m1 if you know you want to don't you but um yeah there you go (laughs) so anyway
0: yeah so this is someone has calculated this out unsurprisingly i think the funny thing with the ppg it doesn't really offer you any great surprises like it's pretty much just business as usual the funny thing i know is like league one um sorry the french league were talking about a mentality of doing what would we happen if the league stopped halfway through and we went with that table because effectively you've completed, you know, the, the first round of fixtures of the two. Yes. And then from that one, Wednesday would actually be third. Oh. So that would be a big surprise. Anyway, for us, for the weighted PPG table, we go to the dizzy heights of 14th in the table. <laughs> um, The only interesting thing I was saying was uh, Leeds-West Brom, Fulham up in the top three. Okay, Charlton- yeah. Salton, and Barnsley go down. Mm-hmm. Um, Middle, Middlesbrough survived by a whisker of two point five eight points. So <clears throat> classic. So classic whiskers yeah. length. <laughs> how long is a cat's whisker uh it's about 2.58 points
1: does that mean they survived by uh like a one nil lead until about the 95th minute and then it's a draw is
0: i think that that's two, it is yeah. that how
1: you get is that how you win 2.58 points
0: that is how you win 2.58 points <laughs> well no you'd be losing though wouldn't you that's how you gain 2.58 points
1: Ooh, okay.
0: oh okay we're just blowing our minds <laughs> here Different grade. um Top podcasting stuff while two people don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> anyway, so we would come out with fifty nine point eight five points, and uh, a point deduction of twelve points then wouldn't keep us safe. That would put us on fifty seven point eight five, which means we're under the uh, the lofty forty eight point zero eight that Charlton has acquired.
1: Ah, uh, you'd feel that would be particularly cruel to not not only have us go through this sort of ludicrous escapade of some. Point weighted points per game arrangement, and also take points off us. But um, you know, ludicrously cruel is uh, apparently the modus operandi under uh, Mr. Parry.
0: Ludicrously cruel indeed
1: Yeah, Ludicrously cool, cruel, not very cool Rick Parry good to, good, to, good to meet you, I'm Rick Parry I don't know how he talks I imag- I'm imagining a bit like a Charlie Meth fan But it, there's no good reason for that
0: I also want to say uh, Maybe his name sounds a little bit um, I keep thinking, when I hear Rick Parry If you had said, who is Rick Parry And I would have said Turned to you and said, is he a member of Status quo <laughs>
1: say the same thing definitely (laughs) definitely hair metal adjacent isn't it rick parry not much of a personality but he's what he what he lacks in personality is made up with uh you know backcombed hair that's what rick parry's done (laughs) plus he's scribbled all scribbled all over his guitar (laughs) oh well um
0: i do wonder i do want to know like if you know if i if i'd ever get the chance to be in a press conference with rick perry i would be tempted to ask him what about sweet caroline (laughs) is that one of their hits (sighs) come on sweet caroline yeah that one
1: oh yeah Mm, i uh... don't know actually you sang it like it was a status quo song and then i thought yeah that sounds like a status quo song but now i'm not sure (laughs)
0: Sure.
1: we're just wading into you know areas beyond the areas where we know what we're talking about um we're just we know we're having fun we're paddling in the pool there <laughs> anyway they did, they did the rocking all over the world one i know that one
0: there, you're in the army now
1: that was a
0: uh, one of Is that them so that's them as well it feels really really um it feels really bad podcasting that me and you just <laughs> pontificate about status quo a band who we both dislike intensely. <laughs> i don't dislike uh, just, just just care little for
1: yeah that's it i don't have hold any ill towards them unlike rick parry um i have no um you know axe to grind with them <clears throat> i do know a fun fact but i don't know it might be rick parry whichever one it was one of them his um his septum fell out in the shower due to <laughs> too much nose cocaine's.
0: too much <laughs> nose candy
1: yeah, too much nose candy.
0: Which brings us on quite happily to, uh, to, this, to this episode. Actually, we've got a couple of segues, haven't we, Rich, to use?
1: Well, just, you know, it's not really breaking hoo who's on news in any real way but um just wanted to sort of acknowledge we've had a couple of nice bits of feedback in the week and just sort of say that we really appreciate that so we, we had a tweet from uh, rocket owl on on uh twitter and uh, we had a, a really uh nice email from kelly and we just want to sort of yeah sort of acknowledge that that um it's really nice to receive that sort of thing and um it makes doing this worthwhile and it's nice to know that folks are listening and enjoying so um yeah thank you thanks for reaching out uh, i know it's something i don't do enough i enjoy a lot of content in the form of of podcasts and uh, very rarely make my uh, make my my pleasure or enjoyment known to those creators and uh, knowing how much it means to us it, it sort of makes me think it's something i should do a bit more often but uh yeah thank, heartfelt thanks from uh, from the both of us very much so thank you um, yeah but to, to, not to lose your i think the nose cocaine segue was was a worthy one because uh oh well, we could, we choose could do it also
0: a a choose your own adventure because actually um <laughs> uh in that lovely lovely email from kelly thank you so much again you said your other half is, is a leeds fan um so maybe that's another another kind of ch- we can do a choose your own adventure of segues do you want to go with um some allegedly allegedly uh, allegations that we parry. Come up with? rick parry and also maybe some of the things we say about uh, the tone of this lazy United documentary <laughs> or you could go with the right very earnest and that very earnest and sweet choose your own adventure segue nice. and use um a very appreciative email from a listener whose uh, husband just unfortunately supports
1: Lazy United. yeah last couple of weeks Luke we've set ourselves uh, little bits of, of homework to do uh, so we we watched the Netflix documentary Sunderland Till I Die uh, the second season of that in particular um, and we also read the book uh, Owls Through the Modern Era um, and that's sort of how, how the last few weeks have sort of been filled in terms of uh, you know looking at Wednesday adjacent bits and pieces uh, certainly you know heavily fo- football related in uh, either way Um, this time round, uh, this is, this was a bit more of a a challenging watch, I think on, on some fronts because we decided to, to watch Take Us Home, Leeds United, which is the Amazon uh, documentary about uh, last season for, for Leeds United, um, I do think, for me, Leeds are certainly at least equal with with United, Sheffield United, for my sort of dislike of them. I, I think yes. we sort of, yeah, being someone that's not uh, living in the city centre of, of uh, Sheffield, I don't have that direct sort of bumping into Pigs fans that I think really builds that particular rivalry. Um and I just think the through the recent years of the club we've bumped alongside Leeds much more often than we've we've been up against United. Um so for me it's that familiarity has really bred contempt in that regard. <laughs> um so it, it I try I, I did try and sort of put that to one side, uh, but the, I do think it's fair to say the documentary is is very partisan, which which does challenge when you're someone who's set against uh, that side of things. Yes. It's a constant sort of thumbing its nose at your sort of inner
0: feeling. I really would have liked if it was something that really the documentary could have made me separate from my own personal feelings about Leeds United. And maybe I, I thought about saying this you near know, the kind of the tail end of this uh, this episode, but mm. for someone like myself who did. Dislike United, shit, Leeds United quite a bit. It made me hate them even more.
1: Yes, yes. (laughs) Well, can
0: I just say from the from the off, like the title of a documentary, "Take Us Home." uh, It's it's, it's. I think it's a reference to a chant, which I'm not too familiar with. Though so I'm very familiar with all Leeds, aren't we? Because thanks to the cop band playing it it's at the, you know, the Leeds rugby games, have taken that from us, and it really fucking pisses me off. To be honest with you, it really, <laughs> really winds me up. Absolutely fucking no end.
1: Well, I said, I said, uh, I know, this is one of my notes later on. I said, I know all football clubs and uh, a lot of fans make rude gestures, etc. But every shot of the Leeds fans is them flicking Vs, doing the wanker sign, or worse, throwing up sort of cod, gangster, black, black, black shooting gestures. They just, <laughs> the fans are just unrelentingly awful seeming and looking. It's exactly. just... <laughs> And those are the bits they've picked to put in the documentary. <laughs> what what ended up on the cutting room floor? <sighs>
0: And anyway, take us home. The title I said it sounds like some reference to getting too drunk and embarrassing yourself with some friends, mm. and texting your dad to pick you up and take him take him home.
1: Yeah, and also very close to a rather charming uh, documentary about Wales's uh, exploits in the European Championship, which is uh, Take Me Home. Uh, so you might get muddled up and uh, you know watch watch this documentary by accident, and all of a sudden six hours of your life have gone by. <laughs> But <laughs> I think, it, so comparing it to, it's natural to sort of compare and contrast with uh, with the Sunderland documentary. And it, that's sort of part of, you know, partly why we've sort of done that, this, isn't it? Um, yes. Obviously, it, in both cases, it, it's a team getting close, but not quite making it. Um, and, and if anything, that's the bit that kind of keeps your kept me on board in terms of watching it was that in the end in the end they don't get what they want so in the end it's all right um, <laughs> but uh
0: did you I, feel I, that for the I sake was... of this one in comparison to *Sunlight*, *Sunlight* till i die is a bit more like um i don't know as much as i as much as i hate the film i really dislike and hate rogue one I understand a lot of people actually quite like Rogue One from the Star Wars canon, Um, but I think that was probably a bit more interesting in terms of how that narrative comes together when you know the ending anyway. That in compared to, I don't know, that's uh, Suddenly Until I Die is more Star Wars Rogue One, this is more Phantom Menace.
1: Okay, yeah, maybe. Uh, I think it, this was a little bit like Rogue One at the start because I did I did make a note that it was a, it was all a bit trans world sport because we were really <laughs> hopping around the world and there's lots of I think that's a marked difference really between uh the two documentaries is how much reading you do in this one. Now I've not got that's not a comment. I'm not a, you know this is not a Brexity comment, but the Leeds United documentary has an awful lot more uh subtitle work that you need to do than the the supplement one did. Although sometimes with mm. some of those some of those macum accents I could have done with a little bit of uh, subtitles, you know. Um <laughs> But Bielsa think, never yeah. speaks a word of English. For no, instance, never, Bielsa long that, no. soliloquies from him. I mean, really, it, at times it feels like they've sort of just left the recorder running until he says something vaguely profound. Because it's I think, it's like Carlos on acid, isn't it? Some of the time.
0: It is a bit. And so the interesting thing for me was, uh, the annoying thing for me, I picked this because I thought it'd be something easily, readily accessible for me um, in Canada on Amazon Prime. For some reason, Amazon Prime have locked this down. They're, they seemingly have certain content. Despite the fact I'm paying it to out, I might as well just have everything. I don't quite understand why yes. they're doing geo-blocking. Geo so anyway, through some nefarious ways, I managed to get a link to that. So uh, thank you for those who were uh, – actually, Rich, you had a slight hand in that as well. Um, no, I didn't. No, you didn't. Um, so thank you. Thank you, mysterious uh, benefactor, as I do in, uh, as I would do in a Charles Dickens novel. Um, and so the interesting thing was actually the first time I watched this, actually, I was watching the thing. I didn't realize that actually the download didn't have the subtitles – coded in, but I couldn't access it through what I was playing it from. So actually, for a while first, I thought, oh, that's a really interesting take, that we have them talking (laughs) Just let them waffle away (laughs) They're just waffling them on in... um, I I don't know what the Argentinian language is. Spanish, I
1: think. I think everyone Portuguese. in South America speaks Spanish apart
0: from uh, Brazil where they speak Portuguese. Portuguese. Okay, Portuguese, I think. I think. I think I'm being informed of Portuguese <laughs> by my by my helpful assistant. Um so anyway, I thought it was just like but the interesting thing is when you actually when I actually figured that out, actually turned it on. I got very very little from what Marcela Bielsa. And everything that was so and we talked about this is so pompous and um really amplifying this narrative that this is this is hot shit this is real special stuff well it's um,
1: yeah, it's a very take me seriously documentary they'd spent a lot of money on it um the revelation I sort of got to about halfway through is that the owner chairman of Leeds United, he, one of the ways he's, he's made his money is from 11 sports, uh, which is a, which is a sort of, um, you know, streaming. uh, And and I think they've got TV sort of rights as well, but it's a sports network. So they, 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 they buy rights to, to, to sports and and broadcast them. Um, This is made by 11 productions. So, once I figured that out, a lot of things immediately kind of fell into place for me in terms of you know how the whole thing was being run and put across, um, including the 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 last shot of the titles is him looking sort of very sort of beneficent um, in in a sort of smart suit uh, on on a lovely sofa in a, in a big great you know gray smart building. So the, the the just the very fact that that's the sort of end shot that he wanted to have in place. Just kind of sets the tone for where we're headed with all all of the the content going forward. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And we've also got Mr. Russell Crowe on the voiceover.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, kind of like looking at that kind of intro, you know, Russell Crowe is coming in soon. Russell Crowe, celebrity, Leeds United fan, you know, giving everything a very pompous feel with his narration in this
1: he's ladling it on absolutely
0: he really is and I mean obviously it is a script that is written for him but he's really wringing his words over every single thing and I I think you were kind of saying this just kind of offline is that the funny thing about this documentary is this is supposed to be such a incredible season every single piece of the narrative is huge in their athletics
1: yeah, they constantly say this is one of the most dramatic seasons in the club's history. That that is a familiar refrain throughout. The other thing weirdly that gets repeated about 6 times, which makes it one per episode on average, um is is how expensive the the game of you know going up to the Premier League worth around 170 million pounds. He says that every episode, I think, and it's really I don't know. It's, it, it adds to this whole kind of charmless veneer. It's it's shiny. It's expensive, but it is completely lacking in sort of soul, I think. Um, and, and and yeah, this just over the top, over hyping of everything. I did sort of make a note that uh, this was a bit further on when they, when they played United, but it's, um, you know, this is just kind of a summary of, of how that, how each game gets set up the greatest challenge in a season where they have exclusively been outmatched and overcome insurmountable odds, except the half of season that they they completely ignore. Uh, <laughs> it's so sort of scattergun in its approach and the the other thing i think that's worth noting between the two is sunderland till i die it's storytelling it's they oh. introduce characters you're mm-hmm. fed extra information about them and you go on a journey with characters this is much more things are picked up and put down it's much more sort of exactly
0: Exactly. And I guess so I, I, I'm wondering how we're going to talk about this and we, we can talk all over the place as we usually do on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> and I'd probably be the biggest offender for having a bit of a bit of a ramble while we do this. But I, I guess Rich and I, we should probably go through like we should probably go through the season kind of chronologically and how that kind of goes through the episodes. So yeah. as we're That's coming good. into this and how we experience this, you remember this, this uh, talk about the first episode, especially like you said, has this trans world sports, you know, world yeah. globe trotting and i'm wondering if that kind of goes into um you know i've I've noted for the intro what in the guy richie film is going on here and does everybody does everybody get a cocaine high just by watching this intro so but that's the thing it's like And I think what I've just been thinking about this cocaine ideas is like what I think I've said previously is, you know, people do bumps of cocaine and then suddenly there's this real surge of invincible, egotistical, self-serving energy that makes people do kind of outlandish things that no one else really kind of cares about, like people just a bit too kind of high and full on themselves. And there's very much that feel here, and you almost think that they were doing that in the editing bay, because they had to get everything in. You know, suddenly, you know, you're in Leeds, you're talking about Leeds, you're talking about Leeds, then you're cutting to Italy to talk about the chairman. So, And then suddenly you were in Argentina, 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 (laughs) even.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, it jumps about all over the place. It's really hyperactive.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I guess the interesting thing is, so Sunderland feels like we're looking at Sunderland, we're looking at the soil of Sunderland. It feels very grounded, and it feels like... It's in an area, and you get a feel for that place. And suddenly, we're just jutting all around the world. And even though there is a narrative, I know why they're doing it, it doesn't feel connected. It feels so incredibly disconnected, every little piece from each other. And I think that's also from the off, when you have the intro, and, you know, the intro is so Gang of Four song, Gang of Four, the only moderately okay band (laughs) from (laughs) Leeds. And you know, there's suddenly the cuts between some people who work for the club. Is that who's the ball chap? Is he press officer? Who I, is that guy?
1: I wasn't quite sure. I think now I think he's something to do with one. I think he works for the local paper.
0: Right. So he's a local so, journalist. He's been yeah, local, yeah, for numerous years. Yeah. And then there's all these fans who we don't actually get any connection with, and I don't know who they no. are. And so one of them was like, I'm trying to think like, uh, last episode, I think I noticed this just because I've seen the intro so many times. Who is the woman in the studio with two bass guitars?
1: I don't know. We've shown her for quite a while, aren't we? In in the context of the introduction. She's never come back to. I
0: know. And It's just this kind of smorgasbord of fans. Like even on the fan side, there's no focusing on anybody to develop a narrative with them. Like you said.
1: I also think, well, the case in point with that, the first or second episode, we're introduced to these guys that make a podcast and yes. how they've made a song and they're getting phone calls from all around the world. Cause people are so interested in this song. We never hear a note of the song and we never ever see them again.
0: Yes. I know.
1: <laughs> There's also a thing with uh, Calvin Phillips. We see that his we see his family and his nan, his nan in particular wants to bang Bielsa. We're told sort of fairly early. Days. Um, <laughs> And I put it'd be interesting to see how this progresses. Do we ever see Nan again? No, we don't. It's everything's just picked up and dropped, like you know, toys,
0: really. Um, it's it is- it's this weird. So, while we're jutting around with that, and especially the fans, maybe you could like talk about the fans a little bit from what because it's just because there's no real connection with any of these people. Like, I, no. I would. I don't know. Like this is the thing that would make it would make these people humanizing if I got to know them. But
1: yeah. right now
0: they just seem like they just seem like more Leeds arrogant wanker fans. Really? I particularly
1: hated the uh, the dad with the snooker table. I yes. just found him smug and repellent.
0: Uh, awful. He man. was a little bit Alan Partridge, I think. Oh, I know so
1: I don't know. Just everything that came out of his mouth was a football sort of platitude, wasn't it? Yeah. He just, he really got on my nerves. There's there's two lads in the pub. I
0: almost grew to like those people.
1: Yeah, I think they're all right. They just seem like reasonable lads. Though The
0: <laughs> thing that really pissed me off about that was, uh, let me just see. I'm just going to look through my kind of talk about this. Oh, the bit about where he talks about... I weirdly didn't make a note about this. How did I not make a note about this? The bit where he talks about, um, oh yeah, you know, I used to be big into football manager and uh, I used to download tactics packs.
1: Oh and yeah. And there was
0: a thing called the Bielsa Press. And I d- I'm like, this doesn't seem legitimate. This seems like <laughs> complete fucking nonsense. <laughs> Wash your mouth out, mate. That didn't happen. I well, felt like if I was there, I would have be been like pictures of it didn't happen, honestly.
1: Well, Guillaume Balaguet is is um, interviewed, isn't he? And it, it, he says fairly early doors that Bielsa builds a personality cult. And he kind of does a knowing look to the camera. And that's one of the few kind of real moments in the whole documentary. He later goes on to sing some praises of Bielsa. Um, And I've got to say, I think by and large, he comes out as a reasonably sympathetic character. Would you go along with that? Bielsa? Bielsa, yeah.
0: I just, I couldn't get anything from... Like, the whole, like, I just, I think it's just the, everything's, everything's an exercising in trying to aggrandize these words. Yeah. It's kind (laughs) of like, if I continually said to you, I've got big news for you, Rich. And if I said that to you for every day for a year, you would get, I don't know what day, you would get exceptionally tired of. Maybe third? Maybe the third, yeah. (laughs) And it's just, it's continually, so everything is... Everything is supreme. Everything is the best. Everything is a big deciding pivotal moment. And so everything in that buildup about Bielsa is, hey, guys, when, when he talks, you've, you've, you've got to listen. Oh, he's, yeah. he's going to change your life. It's like making out that he's, he's like some type of footballing ramdass really or something like this some kind of or i don't know like some almost like a Zelig
1: figure you know he's touched so many lives and changed history again and again i it's it's i'm not saying i'm not saying that i buy any of that i just thought he as a man seemed all right broadly in a documentary where i think i pretty much hated everybody by the end of it but um but I thought that was telling. That personality cult comment was, the, as I say, it's almost like the realest thing in the whole thing because everybody's bought into that personality cult. The chairman is sold on it. The um, head of, the director of football or whatever he's called is sold on it. The commercial guy's sold on it. The fans are all built into it. And a lot of the players seem to be on board with it. Um, you know, they're all drinking Kool-Aid out of the bucket at this stage. <laughs> But the documentary is in love with Bielsa. He's given so many long soliloquies as part of it. I mean, it's like, you know, Seagull's Followers, the trawler sort of things. But he just has to run and run. Almost every episode has like a five minute stretch of his awful poetry. just trying desperately to sound profound and make him seem profound. Uh, So just in terms of sort of following things through, one of the first big signings the chairman makes was £10 million for Patrick Bamford. And everyone's in love with Bamford. Um, Sounded a lot like he was tapped up. Did you pick up on that?
0: Um, probably, yeah, but it, it seemed a bit like, oh, it seemed a bit like, what was I going to say? It
1: was just Bamford said, he said, oh, they they started talking to me. said they're really, really interested in him. He said, He's a, I'm the only guy that they want to sign. And then he said, but I don't think they'll let me go. So that implies that they spoke to him before they spoke to the club, which I'm pretty sure is what we define as tapping up.
0: So he was, was he a January transfer window signing? bamford
1: i'm not sure when they signed
0: him to be honest because that kind of came late i thought it was interesting you brought up because i was like episode four i think it was wasn't
1: it? Is that correct uh no i think it's in the first episode they talk about signing bamford he doesn't oh, okay. play he's injured when they sign him
0: right i think he the thing was then in much episode much four in that's when he comes in and it's like they're talking yeah i think the thing i've kind of noticed with that is saying there's a huge focus on high level targets And then they signed Patrick Bamford. Yeah, Someone, again, who I feel has been living on a lot of borrowed time. He's a very, very high-profile striker, and I don't quite see... He's very much the emperor's new clothes of, you know, of a high-profile second-tier striker.
1: Well, I suppose it speaks to the dream team that he... The, the chairman puts together to kind of make this, you know, accomplish this wonderful goal. Obviously Bielsa is an expensive get for them. I, I presume um, the fact they're also in love with him makes me think they probably fell over backwards to give him whatever. But outside of that, the, this, the, so the director of football is uh, a guy from Borough and um the sort of guy on the other side of that, the sort of yin to his yang, is a guy from West Ham. So two real powerhouse clubs. They've gone and got the best of the best there, haven't they? <laughs> no expense spared. The guy who, you know, looks at the football management data, football manager data for, for Middlesbrough is uh, is, you know, the big. And he's a big character
0: in the documentary. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm just sighing. Sorry, I felt like a, that was probably a moment where I should have backed you up with saying something, Rich. And like, All I could do is just sigh, because it's just... It's just... Everything about this is... I don't know. I remembered like, I remember someone I used to work with who was just tiresome because it was like, I'm not going to show you how great I am. I'm going to tell you all the time about how great I am as a human being. And that was his mentality to make you think this person was fantastic. And it was just beyond tiresome. And I just feel the same from this. And the, the fact that there's no chinks in the armor, there's no, nobody lets their guard down. Everybody's exceptionally guarded and it's a front face. Like it feels a bit like was it Chris Rock said? You never meet people, you meet their representative.
1: Yeah, it's, I feel it's also, like I've
0: never met any one of these people. I've spent like, a lot of time no, with them. I know sorry. nothing about them. Sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, exactly. It's it's all so thin, isn't it? it there's no depth whatsoever. It's all uh, like the conversations that folks have when they're on cocaine. It's all kind of surface. Like get you know, there's enthusiasm, there's shininess. There's not much beyond that, and Uh, Yeah, I think in terms of the... the, It's so airbrushed. It's like those movie posters where they've gone over the top, and it's they don't look like people anymore. They look like sort of Waxy Dolls because they got rid of every wrinkle and bump in the road. Mm. But even still, it's interesting the bits that stay in. I thought the the guy from Bora, um the sort of Spanish director of football guy, just seemed an awful, awful man. Screaming at officials, shouting at opposition players. They used the same clip of him crying and going into the manager's office three times, I counted that. There was a couple of moments where they kind of repeated footage which I found really, really interesting. And um, just sort of, it, it is, it's Bielsa's praise to the hilt. And he's a man, when you look at his actual record, it, it's not the most glowing CV you've ever read. No. You know, 25 years ago, he won the Premier League in Argentina and got close a couple of times with other teams since. But he's not won anything, basically.
0: Do you think that the fact that he managed, um, he managed Newell's o- Old Boys, uh, a club that has the an acronym of NOB, do you think that's appropriate?
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe. Oh, another thing, sorry, that again, this sort of scattergun approach. Another thing that we had a tantalizing glimpse, Luke, I don't know if you saw this, of uh, Bamford playing his guitar and we never I, got to see it again. i missed this.
0: I'm really I ashamed of
1: so heard Patrick Bamford sing us a little song.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so to try and sort of we
0: get what's, uh, the, what's his favourite think- song? Is it Rolling in the Deep? Perhaps. <laughs>
1: well in terms of themes so uh, there's a couple of ways we could attack this because obviously there's the just taking the documentary as it falls so we're following the season they really really hype up the game the opening game of the season against stoke stoke were you know crushing overwhelming favorites for the league apparently according to this i think as you you, you've sort of said that they maybe were on some list but certainly they weren't like a unanimous pick for these guys are going to go up um But obviously that feeds into the fact that Leeds United are on their way. The giant is awoken because they beat Stoke. Um, this constant hyping up, building up every game they play is the most important one. Every team they play is a rival. Um, they're, they're all better than Leeds, and Leeds somehow overcome. Uh, they went on a winning streak at the start of the season. I think they won like four or five games in a, on the bounce. So they've obviously got some twerp by a burger van to say they can't. I can't see as losing all season. Um, <laughs> They talk about Kamal Kamal Roof at one point. The press guy says he's not like other players. You know, he he cares, cares about his family, cares about his dogs, and he works hard. And I just thought that's not like other players. I think at the very least, people tend to care about their dogs and family. Do you know what
0: I mean? (laughs) Kemal Roof, who is uh, uh, named as the man with double O seven on his back, when actually his number is oh, just, yes. se- it's just seven. Actually, there's no there's no two it's
1: O's, two
0: O's in his name, isn't there? Let's see how big, yeah. clever they are. <laughs> oh, oh, I see what it is. Oh, that's, that's awful. I really hate.
1: <laughs> Um, to add to the frustration of uh, what happened in Sunderland until I die um, with the Wednesday goals scored against them, uh, we don't see Reach's goal at Hillsborough. We see their goal yeah, at yes. We do not yes. see the Screamer, uh, which is really annoying. Um, we're introduced to a kooky um, Phoebe Buffay-esque fan called Heidi High. And I did yes. wonder whether this can possibly be her real name.
0: She was an intriguingly strange Leeds fan, as I put from my notes here.
1: <laughs> yes. I just didn't know whether the name or the beret came first. Very much a Sue Pollard, uh, you know, themed figure, I think. (laughs) (sighs) To continue the Heidi High theme.
0: Um, I really hated, I think, that episode as well. Um, Also, a little fun little note I made here. The fans were called Massively Passionate, and I said, Massively Stone Island, mate. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, Kevin McCabe, yes, what a horrid bellend just what? awful. I would really hate them, including that bit of him just pandering oh. and just giving them a little tongue bath at Bramall Lane. I was just like, oh. and they haven't won at Bramall Lane since ninety no, two. That's, that's an no. amazing statistic. That's that, an incredible stat. So to me, I think
1: that probably feeds into what I was saying about. I think we've been in the same division as Leeds a lot more often than United have. Because right. I'd be interested to see how many times we've actually played each other in that period. Uh, still a tremendous record. But, you know, sometimes where it's like, you know, Leighton Orient haven't lost to Sheffield Wednesday since 1873. And you're like, when was the last time we played Leighton Orient? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, McCabe uh, praises Leeds on being being back to being a community club just like the Pigs. I said how is run how is being run by the latest in a succession of shady italian businessmen a community club not to mention McCabe was just around the corner from his one pound blunder with the uh, the prince uh- <laughs> And then we're told... This, so this, I think, is one of the major themes for me. Um, we're told Bielsa scrupulously doesn't like cheating. He's dead against it.
0: Yes. Um, in the first episode, <laughs> it was interview with uh, Anders Herrera. Herrera, wasn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah. It
0: said he was never keen on never cheating.
1: So the clip we see is Sheffield United are criticised for their aggressive approach. And what we see is a Leeds United player making an absolute meal of a very standard tackle <laughs> and that sort of cheating sort of thing is fun because another big theme which we, we're not quite there yet but um this is the season where we had the spying uh, scandal so again uh, you know a man who screw you know scrupulously a man of such principles would never think of cheating mm. um really had some pretty strong brushes with cheating during the season
0: yes <laughs> Let's uh, let's put a pin on that because uh, pin in that because there's a lot we can talk about that later.
1: Yes. So um, there's also I just made a note so at some point somebody says we need to we need to win this game to keep on Norwich's toe, which I thought was a weird expression because surely you want to be on their heels.
0: Mm. <laughs> I don't know. They're just so far ahead of us, all Rich. Yeah. They're just, they're always, they're always seven moves ahead. Unfortunately, the seven moves ahead is how to lose the game of chess. <laughs> uh, so, uh,
1: can I ask uh, you, Rich, sort of as well, we from your,
0: from your viewing as well, I want to see whether this was just the version I wrote. Did the kit look have like a faint blue hue? you? Or was that just purely my colours on my
1: monitor?
0: No, I think
1: think it was all the kind of, whatever shiny tech or filter they'd used had kind of given, it imbued everything with a slight, almost like using a film grain on something, do you know what I mean? It like had a kind of smoky feel to it, a lot
0: of the footage. Can we also talk about what the fucking hell is the Leeds mascot? (laughs) No, you can do <laughs> what the hell is it it's a it's a white no idea it's a white cheetah <laughs> funnily enough funnily enough a cheetah yeah boom boom lucas the copcat. oh wow
1: um so my next little note is when we get into sort of christmas and the january transfer window have you got anything sort of between the pigs game and, and that or are you are we happy to sort of move along
0: oh what else can i kind of bring you into uh liam cooper um, was looking injured by dressing like a tatty hobo, so that's why <laughs> when you get injured is you, you dress. And uh, the delight of hearing in, um, in in the episode two, they said, and once again Leeds falls 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 behind against them the of play. Well, that was
1: another one of those mixed messages because they sort of they said once again as if it always happens. A couple of times, because he says a couple of times, once again, Leeds get off to a tremendous start. Um, but also, then other episodes said, once again, Leeds fall behind early. So it's like, you can't be both. You can't be fast starters or, and yes. conceding go. You're either one or the other. I
0: mean, the interesting thing is, I, I kind of look back at it. I, I It's interesting for what they look at, because there's, there's moments are was there a game where they drew free all? And they kind of rescue yes. her to death. And there's a lot of those moments though. And I think it kind of goes into the narrative of lazy and then never say die attitude. Yes. You know, and that type of stuff. But, well, so, yeah, so gone. Also, it's never kind of. It would have just been refreshing if someone just said it once. Just one person said, well, you know, we're scoring goals, but we're conceding goals. You know, we're conceding goals, but we're yeah. magical scores. Like, there's no moment of admitting any weakness. When it's clear with everything that you focus on that there's plenty of moments of weakness within this. Absolutely. Yeah. I... But that, that,
1: again, is, yeah, one of the. How many times Russell Crowe sort of said, says, like, Last season they would have fallen over and crumbled. Pooed their pants at this moment. This <laughs> this team's made of more stand staff you know just there's just so much just layers and layers of aggrandizing in particular this se- you know this season so much better than the last season this season so much more important and, and and Leeds are a team that have basically had the same season 10 years running yeah close but no cigar try again next year Leeds is is the story of Leeds for a decade and to ki- try and make this seem so much more special or different or whatever else they really have to do a lot of stretching and working hard and i think that's why they pick those particular moments because there's games that they they pass over huge swathes of games where it would have been interesting you know they would say like leeds haven't won in six it's like we've not watched any of those six games why this is a documentary about the season (laughs) why is a 2-2 draw with preston more important than those six games it's i don't know i
0: don't know. I wonder a lot about... Um, do you remember... Um, who was it now? Was it Stevenage when the, under the manager? Was it Graham Wesley? Do you remember Graham Wesley?
1: I do remember Graham Wesley. I don't...
0: Graham Wesley, was he was uh, manager of Stevenage and turned them into, you know, from absolute nobody well, seeming nobodies of the third tier to people kind of, um, you know, on the up and up and from... I think he got from non-league to League One. I'm not sure oh, Yeah, exactly. yeah kind of rise. But one of the interesting things about Graham Wesley was he would actually have them in the training ground for as me and you would be in the office for a regular working day. So that they'd be working, they'd basically be during weekdays doing 8am to 4pm or something along those lines.
1: Right. Sometimes,
0: or 9 to 5, whatever assemblage of a kind of working seven, half, eight hour day would be for you. And he went to, he rode that Crest of the Wave and he went to Preston, which is his kind of his highest... Kind of appointment within his managerial career. Um, I'm looking at his page now, and I guess he's not kind of anywhere anymore. And it seemed to be his mentality didn't really go over very well. And they talk a lot about how. Did you know it's near the beginning? Now they talked about players were in training for nine hours. Yes, I did. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is something that is about that these huge high impact teams that played these huge presses is, you know, I think a lot of people do say this, but it's a really, really long season. It is. And it really does take its toll in terms of injuries and just energy. And I think we see, we saw this with Huddersfield when annoyingly they limped across the line because they got to the point where they couldn't quite go through automatic, but they generate themselves in the playoffs. And then they rest basically Wagner rested most of the team to basically just cruise down to the playoffs where annoyingly they managed to turn it on again against us.
1: For the, yeah, for the last 10 minutes, we were pretty good for
0: most of the rest of
1: it. But pretty yeah, good for another
0: yeah. playoff final, but yeah, another trip to Wembley. Mm. And I just think a lot about that, and I just think a lot about how they must be so incredibly tired as professionals. I mean that's the interesting thing is it's like it felt like bielsa was trying to do a change of mentality around the club and footballing yes. identity and I mean we've seen that with Wednesday with Carlos Scalvahall where he did very very well, but still you're really thinking any success is really a it's some borrowed time, really. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of
1: well, of I suppose the difference there is, because one of the things with Carvajal is, uh, and Mourinho and um, it's several of those other sort of Portuguese coaches who came up under the same mentor, I guess of sort of Elsa style figure, um, What they don't, they don't really believe in doing much training during the season. So you kind of get your cardio and hard work in before the season starts. And then the rest of the season is just working shape and position and, and moments, you know, this tactical periodization. Whereas obviously Bielsa's thing is to just work them like dogs constantly so that they're, they're really fit. But it feels like they ran out of puff towards the end of the season. And it's one of the, th- one of the things that did make me I- intrigued with, potentially if we go back and play games, those players who may well have run into the exact same issues this season will have had a few weeks break. So they've had it well pot- potentially had a chance to sort of refresh um and it it, it may well play into Leeds's favor that
0: they've they've had that time off uh, to kind of recuperate a little bit yeah. I don't know. I I guess whatever will lend you looking at it, it's pretty much a long kind of season. The only bit I kind of last kind of little aberrant piece I would kind of want to bring in Mm. before we look at the January transfer window. The focus on the Leeds boxer was a bit strange.
1: Oh, completely pointless.
0: Again, it's another kind of snapshot of someone else. It's like Leeds it's kind of a, I guess all of this, what I'm thinking now is it's like saying, Leeds have a large, massively faceted fan base. And it's like, so we go and we talk to every single one of them for 30 seconds. Yes. Instead so, of just, just picking a sample of those people and telling their story. Like why, you know, when did Heidi high, um, first, <laughs> first come across the beret? Um,
1: <laughs> has she always worn it as a, at a jaunty angle or did she start off with it sort of straight on? Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, cynically when, when did that uh, woman in the studio um decided she likes <laughs> bass guitars and when did she say that one bass guitar wasn't enough uh,
1: cynically what i thought was i bet that he's got a deal with 11 sports so you hype him all up all right and like a football team and I, I just They did a big like soaring Classical music moment didn't they While they played his Something was just a giant Championship analogy. fight alongside a, a, a Leeds game And they both yeah. showed their West Yorkshire Grit and are great So it was really good <laughs> I, that was a particular low point, I think, for the documentary. It was hammy and uh, gaudy and awful. It was rubbish. Um, and he did, I mean, it didn't look like great boxing to me. It was a lot of like swinging from your hips. But I'm sure, you know, he's a champion, so he must be great. Because um, they, they don't give out belts like, to nobody in uh, boxing. Um <laughs> the so yeah they said they said so Leeds top at christmas they said in the past uh 10 seasons the team at the top at christmas have got promoted so a historic record breaking season for Leeds united to break their trend of 10 years <laughs> Um, the big signing. So we see the the uh, director of football saying the big signing they need for January is a, a goalkeeper, and they get themselves a man who has won the Champions League the last three years, a Spanish international, uh, and that's where Casilla comes in on a on a free basically from mm-hmm. Madrid. Um, he's played two times a season in the Champions League for them, so he does. How technically have a medal he's slightly more qualified for a medal than I am, but only by virtue of about you know a hundred minutes of football here or there. <laughs> And he's, he's a Spanish international goalkeeper in the same way that Francis Jeffers was an England international striker. Yes. Because he had one cap five years ago uh, and never been called up again. Uh, also picked out that they gave a four and a half year, de- year deal to a 32-year-old a goalkeeper, which is pretty full on. Yes. Um, I- I also noted he had some quite serious back knee, which is a sign of um, performance enhancing drug use. Uh, I'm not pointing any fingers, but mm, it was notable. It was notable. He had nary a spot anywhere else on his body and was covered in it on his back.
0: (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) So rich. Do you next want to... Here's a choice for you. Here's a (laughs) choose-your-adventure little bit. Will you turn to page 72, where we talk about uh, the Dan James transfer debacle? Or will you turn to page 61, where we talk about Spy Game?
1: First off, could I pick the third option, where we talk about the awful (laughs) Jonathan Pierce meets Chris Moyles commentator?
0: We can indeed as well, yes. I (laughs) just...
1: I made a couple of notes previously about him, but at this point I said... I couldn't hate him more. Um, and then I sort of started to think, is this commentary just recorded for the documentary? Because everything he said seemed to like encapsulate the, it was almost like a previously on for every bit of commentary that he did. Do you know what I mean? Did you did you get that feeling?
0: I didn't get that. So I, I, it's an interesting piece I think you picked up on that I didn't pick up on. I'm going to be honest here, Rich.
1: It's just like, you know, they'd go, it's been a tough week for the team with three defeats on the bounce and injuries to key players. And then they'd go to the commentary, it's been a tough week for the team, Uh, you know, injuries (laughs) to key players and no wins in three. You know, like, it was just like, it was always almost too on the nose all the time and full of too much context in a way that you wouldn't want from a commentator. It's like, you don't need all that information. You just commentate on the match as it's happening. The... Spanish international goalkeeper who's joined us from such and such. He's had his medical. I don't know. It just was always so on the nose, and it made me think. I don't think this guy is a commentator for anywhere else other than this documentary. He's just being given like little scripted bits to do over the match footage. But maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but it just it just yeah, it just felt like there was too much like juicy context to kind of fit every quote in. But uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong. So. Uh, let's do i've got spygate next in my notes
0: so maybe we'll do yes spygate next. let's do that because that's probably a chronological thing as well um so as that kind of came about they cut to a fan who said they love to drum something up against Leeds, and oh. i would like to directly speak to that fan and said you can't be reamed by the media on tv all the time and also have a chip on your shoulder you twat
1: I towards the end I really got that chunk of that that victim complex coming through it just it starts to feed in at this stage you know the world is against us and then I'm shocked to even have like the BBC or it wasn't BBC was he I think he was like a commercial station but like the the guy from like the local press is in on this kind of the world's against us but yeah, this the spying thing is is fairly washed over, you know. They, they try and sort of spin it into a positive somehow,
0: you know. Oh, well, so let's just kind of go through that narrative just for some of the things. Um, I enjoyed the fans saying Jermaine Genius is talking about a points deduction. So uh, <laughs> footballing <laughs> overlord Jermaine Genus. <laughs> yeah. You know. I also enjoyed the sound clip of Ian Holloway saying, "Well, they say they do it in his country. I'm glad I don't live there." <laughs> And all of that builds up to the press conference, the famous, infamous press conference, which I think they should just release I'd like to see the whole thing in total yeah because all I've ever seen is basically people say he did this giant uh, rundown on everything he knows about Starby County and like so here's the thing that I want to say from that is basically yeah. the way it's presented was like you know it cuts to I don't know if it's the fan it's the press officer isn't it that's it it's the press officer the media guy. yes, yes. Least, he's he the says, one that's
1: like actually Bielsa's genius actually that's really
0: great he's great really <laughs> yeah so he's basically said well Everyone there now knows how to beat Derby County. I'm like, just because you have a giant file of facts, just because you all this information on a team, doesn't legitimize what you did previously.
1: Well, no, the whole point of that, isn't it? Is What he's trying to say is... Oh, it doesn't matter that we sent somebody to spy on them because, yeah, as you say, we've got reams and reams of information. But if it doesn't matter, why are you doing it? Yes. That's the question, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. If yeah. you've got yeah. all the information and you could beat them anyway, why are you sending, why are you going to the effort of sending somebody to spy on their training? Yes. And, and the whole point is that Frank Lampard has to have the right to work on something in secret. And surprise, Leeds United with something they'd never seen before. Yes. He yes. has to have that ability. It's integral to the continuity and the integrity of the sport. It, so to play with that and claim it's nothing is just utterly ridiculous. And it, I hated the way it was brushed over and then fed into this kind of victim complex they have. It really, it was just that was vile, really. Because he never held his hand up. I know he paid the fine. <sighs> but how much of that is real and P- how much is PR, who knows? But I, I just, yeah, really didn't like the way the press guy sort of spun that. Yeah, yeah, a, a terrible, terrible episode. They should have, they should have either brushed over it more or had somebody kind of hold their hands up. I think the chairman tried to kind of be the winner in that because he was sort of saying, oh, we shouldn't have done the press conference. Still defending the the fact he did the spying, but you know, tried to come out a, a little bit with a little bit of, inter- in, uh, you know. Pride still in uh, in himself.
0: Um, so you think that, like, and I kind of agree with you. It's it's just purely a face saving exercise, isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: But I hated having the local press sort of buying into this. Woe is me. Yeah, that, again, it's it's so uh, picking on me. Like I
0: said, it's we're so great. Oh, but we're victims as well. I'm like, you don't get to be both. It, it no. reminds me a lot of what I just like about Sheffield United. You know, well, we're the better team. We're the better team. Oh, but we've got a massive chip on our shoulder. Yeah. I'm like, you don't get to have both, you fucking dickheads. <laughs> ha ha ha!
1: Uh, Dan James then. Dan
0: James, the, che- Dan, the James winger, to Dan James.
1: I th- so, I thought that was this is that's maybe my you know why why are you watching a documentary on a football club for me it's moments like that it's incredible how far along yes. in the process they get yes. with Dan James.
0: He's here. The media release is done. They've printed shirts. You know the pictures of him signing. Done. Yeah. Yes. And I guess the interesting thing with this is, and we will never get the full story on the Dan James situation. No. Um, Though maybe we might actually in the end. I mean, we don't really hear much from, we don't really hear from, as we never really do in the... you know, the Will Griggs Sunderland situation, we never get a, yeah. a Wigan perspective on it, even though we saw Wigan just just absolutely come out of that. Just was like a daylight <laughs> it was a daylight robbery really. it like, bulging. It was ocean's eleven of uh, football transfer done. And so actually here's the interesting thing. I remember a lot th- nearer the time that Alan Nixon said that Leeds kinda screwed the deal. The reason why they screwed the deal was initially they talked about giving the money and then they said, oh, actually, we want to be alone with a view to a permanent in the summer.
1: Mm. It's interesting because, obviously, because, um, again, the director of football in floods of tears, um, and I don't I want to belittle men crying, but this man cries at odd times. Uh, <laughs> Um, he says nobody wins here. Nobody wins here. And I just thought, "Mm, Swansea win and Dan James wins. The only person who doesn't win is Leeds because in the summer he was sold to Manchester United for three times what Leeds would have paid for him. And he's probably on double or triple the wages that he would have been on at Leeds United. So everybody wins apart from Leeds. And maybe that's the best transfer ever in that regard. (laughs) Nobody wins here. Nobody wins here
0: but the, the great hilarity of all of this is that the person who won the most out of this situation is Dan James yeah. Dan James we cut forward to the summer transfer window before the season started and he gets himself a nice plump move to Man United and yeah. they pony up with about 15 million pounds as well for, for Swansea so Swansea and Dan James did incredibly well out of the situation of
1: course. yeah absolutely
0: and we get to have the delightful kind of hit back of Leeds coming up against Swansea a bit later on in the series and the fans chanting he wants to be Leeds he wants to be Leeds He wants to be Leeds <laughs> um,
1: I've just got a note that just says What is that celebration
0: all about Because <laughs>
1: they had this awful
0: Oh the Spygate thing No they oh, talking about.
1: Sorry. No they had this celebration that they Featured them doing two or three times where It's like they've got their hands out in front of them Almost Superman-esque But trying to do a little like wiggle With it Yes I, yes
0: i remember that yes
1: it's rubbish (laughs) it's a really rubbish celebration
0: it is as you put it rather rubbish
1: (laughs) i I also made a note that um sort of as we're winding down towards the end of the season the injuries start to sort of pile up for Leeds. although i'd never felt like they had a wednesday style number of injuries so i didn't uh, feel remotely sorry for them at all but um barry douglas um Injured versus Millwall um, Takes it upon himself to provide Motivational pep talks for his teammates And I said this might be where it all went wrong Because Barry Douglas is one of those Folks, those Scottish guys With a very dour um, Monotone voice So you could just imagine him Gene, the guys up in the dressing room um, You know guys do what I would do And really go and try and win A game, that would be good <laughs> Just Sending people to, to the, uh, you know, sending people to, uh, to 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 boots to stock up on uh, extra painkillers for for the, the moment where they eventually just end it all to stop having to listen to Barry anymore. <laughs> um, do stop me if you've got other bits in between. But last game of the season, uh, the chairman had the brilliant idea to invite the. Uh, the family of the players um, to to be there at the game.
0: Yes, I know it's such just a... like
1: every last home game ever. Where on earth does he get his zany ideas from? <laughs> I
0: know, I know.
1: <laughs> um, another sort of hugely overhyped moment is. Uh, Lee, uh, is the, lead, the last game of the season, so it's, it's Leeds versus Villa. Um, we never see the foul again, so I can only imagine that Janssen did absolutely do Codger. Uh, but we don't we'd never see that again in passing but, but but basically Villa stopped playing and as they stopped playing Leeds went up the other end and scored and Bielsa tells his team to to let let uh, Villa score an equaliser um, Pontius Jansen tries to tackle the Villa player before he scores but gets it wrong and they do score um, and this is you know hyped up as the most exciting and scandalous game in the history of Leeds United so much talk the Football world is a is a is a wash with the chatter about this this dead rubber at the end of the season.
0: <laughs> so you've got okay. Let's see. I'll I'll see what a kind of um, so Bielsa referred to, is Bielsa referred to as West Yorkshire Jesus at one point from a, a banner. I think.
1: Oh mate, I think that that smug snooker table dad um, calls him that.
0: Right, and I just said uh, God doesn't think it's sacrilege. Just a bit a bit naff, basically. <laughs> um what did i, think I hate, God's I hate probably the like, you have west Yorkshire. Well. <laughs> keep it mate keep it it's my county but i've forsaken west yorkshire <laughs> that's basically what god has said um that burger van looks too clean for tv it's not the gritty exposé exposé <laughs> that i wanted um i hated alioski's haircut i mean oh, i dislike yeah. him a lot i hated all the players i think the only people i didn't like sorry i didn't hate were the people at board level because um one bit in the beginning i know it as well was the um i like the lead ceo who said i think that's the thing that's more endearing because it's you're interested in how they're doing things yes. even though it is kind of hyped but when they're talking about things they acknowledge that they've got a challenge i think that's the interesting thing
1: yeah yeah like
0: it seems like there's a bit of there's a bit of negative friction going against what they're trying to do. So that makes you, that kind of encourages a bit of narrative and makes you kind of identify with him. I like that. He said that he was the, the boring Anglo-Saxon, Anglo-Saxon middle West. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was quite nice. Um, I, I quite like the Italians. I can't believe the, um, the chairman was promising his wife, they'd move to Leeds the next year. Um <laughs> I was like, we didn't hear his wife off screen protesting loudly and exuberantly. God no, at that one. <laughs> and I also asked to said, is that is that for one year? Because that's how long they'll be in the pram. Yeah. What I was gonna say as well. I thought it was hilarious that the um, the January transfer window, they were getting the uh, the Premiership uh, sponsorship money and offers in already. Oh yes, yeah. It's so oh, it's so it's so deliciously tragic.
1: That was really funny, actually. I didn't make any notes about that. But, like, he was being shown this sort of centenary uh, kit and clearly didn't like it very much. And the guy that was presenting it to him was just trying to, like, turn around all of his criticism. It's like, I really don't like the look of this. Is this how it's going to be? He's like, well, it's, it'll have more structure than this. And it's like, but what about, I don't like this colour here and how this is written. Yeah, I might. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: and again, just I have one of my notes was, so the fact that like, I, I know it, like at the episode five, I think I know it, that the fact that it'd be nice to have more of a focus on characters instead of this huge yeah. scattershot coverage. And did you find, I found it really strange that they listed the full name of these people. Like, it just felt like they were like, they were being identified for being involved in crimes.
1: Well, in a way,
0: yeah. The only <laughs> bit I thought was nice, actually, um, the, the bit I thought was a bit of brevity in a very heavy, dour, and serious documentary was the um, the staff game. Yes, yeah. The chairman, the chairman, putting on Patrick Bamford's boots and being like, "Oh, hope we should find out about this." <laughs> <laughs>
1: That was nice. Get this on camera where I say that I hope he doesn't
0: find out about it. Exactly. (laughs) (sighs) And then coming up to episode six, um, I also want to say I didn't know that Leeds had that Nazi-like salute.
1: No, no. I'd I'd never seen that before either, but it is really quite troublesome
0: yes and I said which makes sense now because I remembered that the uh, the he about them wanting to change the badge into that that uh, as of I put course. Yeah, screw, just... screw, screw fix slash World war two farming logo
1: and that was the that was that manager wasn't it and that that chairman Is yes.
0: That right yes
1: oh I wonder if he's a bit of a decanio politics wise <sighs> It could happen. He's a I don't, I mean, don't want to cast aspersions. Having already accused someone of using performance-enhancing drugs in this episode,
0: I, I don't want to cast I any know. further aspersions. Lots of nefarious, potentially, allegedly litigate, litigate things against us, Rich. <sighs> it parody. It's
1: parody. Just say it's parody. It's all fine.
0: It is a parody, isn't it? Really? I mean, this has to be. This has to be a parody. I mean, what else? You wouldn't watch it for entertainment. I I no. Don't. I, I don't know. I'm wondering if, like, a similar mentality we talked about, "Sunder Till I die." We talked about. Um, the old man I talked about, uh, your man, man. charts. Uh, the CEO, the uh, yah, 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 Barry Homer yes. that type character, yes. And Meth he fan. probably watched that back, Charlie Methven, Charlie Methven, yes. And uh, he probably watched that back and thought, This is fantastic, this is completely, look how good yes. I was. Uh, is it, did the, did the Leeds fans watch us back and feel happy about this? I mean, it's chronicling a, a season of failure, but throughout the entire thing are there moments where we think, oh, this is great, or look at me there, or look at our fans, or look at this.
1: Fans just seem awful, all unrelentingly awful all the time. <laughs> Apart from the two in the pub who were all right, and the sort of geeky lad who's got the tattoo. We followed him to a game once or twice. In, in the documentary.
0: I just, I don't know. Like, cause then there's some weird things Like, they focus on. Suddenly we focused on, we focus on the end of the episode on a Scandinavian fan group.
1: Yes, we do. Yes.
0: Who come over. And again, it's like, I don't know anything about you. I don't know why I care. I don't care. You've not made me care about you. When did, did you, you did like
1: not see the clip at the start where um, I said, actually, I look, I've have liked leads for a long uh, time. So, You know, this is good. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's background enough. We care now. Put them on. And the guy that had travelled miles and miles... To see them draw was really funny as well. Oh, uh, South, uh, A- South Asian
0: yes. chap. Is yes, the, the chap from India-Pakistani. Yeah. India-Pakistan, one of the two countries. Um, Playing that weird Billy Bremner folk song outside the game on that one as well. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: This was, this was in the playoff uh, finals. So this takes us through to the last episode with the playoffs. Yeah? Yeah. And... I just, yeah, I just, cause again, they're the narrative that they're now back up against, you know, Frankie Lampard's Derby County. Oh who yeah. was were were was it Villa in the semi who was it
1: No Villa was the last game of the season so that's where that's they, they had game. the kind of the, the goal that they gave away and uh, but it didn't matter they were you know they they what they'd lost was finishing third, finishing second so um it didn't really matter what happened in that game I don't think anybody could catch them uh, the the other thing that happened towards the end of that game or well as part of the ruckus after the Leeds goal um is Bamford t- was Somebody made a gesture near his face and he rolled around like he'd been murdered. Yes. Um, and I thought completely straight faced, uh, Luke Ailing was saying oh you should see Bamford's eye it's so it's blown up and stuff and then I thought okay so maybe we'll see we'll find Bamford and he's actually been hit but Bamford wasn't touched you watch the video he wasn't touched at all and Bamford looked fine so I don't know whether Luke Ailing had like convinced himself you know speaking about Bamford being like the Emperor's new clothes <laughs> has he got some sort of he can project injuries uh, on on the vision of other people is that how he gets all these penalties um, but, but basically Bamford was was banned, wasn't he, for the for th- I think at least one game, um but maybe more for for the dive. It was a pretty heinous dive to try and get somebody else in in a he lot of the trouble.
0: Just he made he made such a meal out of it. That I said, Patrick, you made a Pizza Hut buffet out of the entire thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ten trips, ten trips to the big table with his plate yeah. I think. plus. Salad runs in between, disgraceful um, I, th- I did make a note that The pl- the, derby, the players heckling der- The Derby mascot, what a lovely club They
0: are, I know, that was Utterly, utterly, utterly oh, Remy, Remy!
1: Remy! 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 Remy!
0: Oh, Awful people
1: <laughs> It was <laughs> I, I it, Almost the sort of punch the air moment unintentionally is when Derby turn it around against them. Because actually you do feel a little bit hard done by for, on behalf of Frank Lampard and the cheating. Uh, you know, he he's sort of tried to be made the kind of villain of the piece. But when Derby do turn it around and absolutely smash leads in the second leg, uh, that's a pretty joyous uh, mm. moment. Not in the documentaries terms, because they then go into uh, we talked about how bad the theme song to uh, the Sunderland program was. But the whispered bedtime story folk version of Marching on Together yes. was just achingly bad. So mawkish and awful. And I said, bring, bring back the Sunderland Till I Die
0: theme. All is forgiven. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I almost, no, I do agree. It's really painful to agree, but yes, because I dislike that, <laughs> dislike that Sunderland Slide Eye theme song a fair bit, I must say. So we summarise off with that with uh, Russell Crowe. Does he have a clout to take Leeds home next season? Ask Russell Crowe, and that's everything wrong with the football club. They believe they belong <laughs> in the top flight. It's just this...
1: I said I said the end is just the dribbling of diarrhea on the giant questionable chocolate sunday that is this show. You know all the stuff of him like there's no question about the fact that now things have changed. The beast has been awakened. Oh, kill me now, please. <laughs> The and last already... little twist. Yeah. Sorry, go on.
0: You go. <laughs> no, I'm just going to say it's just that maybe the last little twist is the same thing that you've marked. Is it about the CEO saying what they're going to do next year?
1: Well, there's there's one. There's the sort of there's sort of this sort of faux drama of you know Bielsa being such a wonderful and um, you know mercurial sort of talent that maybe he'll just walk away. Uh, so they're really you know they're really pleased to announce that he's going to stay with them for another season like they didn't have a contract in place, you know? Uh, that was a bit, of, a bit of a joke. And then the kind of fake meeting in Italy where, with the three of them round a the table, like discussing the season for the first time. So, guys, it was a good year, but not the best year. It's, it's funny you've waited six weeks to talk about this and waited till we're in a cafe in, in the streets of old, old Napoli.
0: <laughs> I just, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it's it's worn you down luke it has it's just it, it's tiresome i mean i enjoy talking about it because it actually lets me fight a bit of energy back but it's it is it's just tiresome it's like it's, it's going up against a boxer who's just going to try and wear you down for 10 rounds really
1: it's a i think actually what it is i i think that the, the the bad thing of it and it's even stranger when I find out that you're not able to access it in Canada because I think the justification you could make of it is that okay Leeds are a big club they've got lots of fans all over the place so putting something like this out lets fans sort of tap into the spirit of things but outside of that really this is a this is a season review it's a nicely made expensive season review it's of no interest or merit to anybody who's not a Leeds fan, I don't think. No. They've not even tried. No. Because those documentaries on... I, I think it's unfortunate it being on Amazon in particular because Amazon's got lots of good sporting documentaries. The All or Nothing series is, is phenomenal by and large. You know, it's, it's really worth watching. They do a great job of setting up characters and following stories. Um, I've not seen it yet, but apparently the series The Test um Uh, is tremendous on there so it's like this this absolute honking turd is sat alongside these you know shoulder to shoulder with these these sort of brilliant things that 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 occupy the same space um and i i just i don't know why amazon have bought it to be honest Unless they've got some deal with 11 Sports where, you know, on the, on the kind of football streaming side of things. I don't... You know, the 11 Sports decided not to bid on the package of Premier League matches that Amazon showed so that they'd get this show on the network or something. I don't know. But it, 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 outside of that, I just I just don't see what... It's not made with an eye to anybody on the outside watching it. Yeah, And that's really disappointing. There's no... It's so partisan. It's so it's a puff piece. It's uh, it's it's paid content, and um, it, it's a shame that it's trying to present itself alongside genuinely interesting bits of work in the same field. Um, well, there you go. On that note, I think uh, I'm going to say cheerio,
0: Luke. Yes. Have a good one to you, Rich, and hope the hope the listeners have a great week themselves. Yeah,
1: good weeks all round, and uh, look after yourselves. And we'll speak again. Awesome.
0: Thanks. See you, Rich. Bye. <laughs> Yeah.